Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I've got a really fantastic guest today, Kathy, calling in from Los Angeles. And she's going to talk to us all about emotional intelligence, emotional freedom, and how we can use those as foundational building blocks to excel in leadership and coaching and in our finances. So I'm really happy to have this discussion and I'm looking forward to it. So Kathy, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate that, Christopher. Yeah. Um, kind of set the stage, how you got started, your background, and we'll dive right into the combo. Sure. Would you like me to share or are you going to share? <laughs> well, the podcast is all about you. It's your it's okay. your, um, it's your time to shine. <laughs> sure. Um, sometimes people have my bio, so that's why I wanted to sh- make sure. <laughs> I come from a tech background. So I am an engineer and um, I worked for Corporate America for 15 years in engineering and technology. And um, I enjoyed my ride tremendously while I was there and going up the ladder. And about um, in 2018, I shifted gears after I had a health challenge and that allowed me to see the world in a different light. And uh, I started my own company, which focuses on coaching and advisory for leaders, especially those leaders in tech, product, and engineering. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Really interesting. You alluded to this way of life having you kind of forced, not forcing, but kind of um, mm-hmm. telling you to slow down. But how learning to slow down enhances decision-making, kind of set that stage. Oh, that's a really good question. Let me tell you, let me tell you and the audience something that will benefit them tremendously which is you cannot become a good decision maker if you're not able to slow down your mind and thinking and that is in contrast to the way our life is pushing us at this day and age because at this day and age is all about speed and we (laughs) want to have that instant gratification and if somebody is even going to make a decision we want them to make a decision fast but um, that does not equal itself to a good decision. And for those of you who are in a positions that you need to make decisions or you understand that for going up the ladder, you need to be able to demonstrate your decision-making abilities, you know that making good decisions is key. And good decision, what do we mean by that? We mean that it benefits the organization. It does not harm the reputation, the customer, the people around you. So there is a lot of factors that go into there. And if you want to talk about it neuroscientifically, the part of the brain that we use for high level thinking, which is required for good decision making, is the part of the brain that if you do have not developed your brain to go past that initial reactive brain, you will not even get to that part of your brain. So that's why slowing down is such a key to build that ability to move from reactivity into deliberation on the decisions that you make so you can make good decisions. Yeah, it's interesting. And as a follow-up question is that, why is it important to learn to quiet the mind for executives? Good question. So let's look at that together. Why do people rise up? because they have shown certain qualities. They have shown confidence, charisma, gravitas, and most importantly, that they do not freak out 
under the pressure. So we call it grace under pressure or poise under pressure. And these are the qualities that you cannot build in your brain and in your nervous system if you have not built that capacity to not freak out and react with every single thing that is not going the way that you think. So this is an ability that needs to be built in the brain. You do not come out of the package like that into this world. So in those people who have become executives, they have learned and they have worked on building this capacity in their mind and in their nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, watch over the holidays. I've been kind of watching this, these series. Um, it's a show on Showtime called the Billion. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of my favorite shows. And um, it, you know, kind of the main character, Bab Bobby Axelrod, he's actually, uh, you know, he's a billionaire hedge fund guy. And then um, he's actually spending time actually meditating and he and he's talking to like his, he's got a psychiatrist as a coach and kind of like fine tuning his mind to make really good decisions. You know when you're talking about managing billions, but it's interesting. And um, you know a lot of uh, like my mentors in grad school and in med school, they set aside time to quiet their mind because the just so much chaos and it was like kind of like you know working in a battle war zone and you know stress and you know beepers all this so. My next question is kind of talking about, um, so you talk about slowing down mm -hmm. and then basically how mindfulness helps leaders build their competitive edge. Yes, that is the thing that I talk about. And let me unpack this a little bit so people understand. A lot of people, if the people who have a desire and not everyone has a desire to manage people and influence people. So I want to be very clear. Some people just get promoted because they are at the right place at the right time, or some people get promoted because they are technically amazing. And uh, unfortunately, there is still the culture that they think that, oh, technically amazing people definitely will make good bosses. And that's not true. Because there are people that who do, don't have the appetite to deal with people. Um, that requires its own bandwidth and capacity. So my point is about the people who have that capacity. Those people, they want to be able, after some time that they have been enrolled, they want to be able to bring their ideas to more people. They want to impact more people's lives. And it's not just impacting people's lives by change by like doing a surgery on them it's just you know sometimes leading an organization that has a meaningful product or service that is impacting people's lives uh, your team you're impacting the lives of the people of your team that work for you so they want to have a bigger impact and how do you get a bigger impact you need to have confidence and you need to have build influence and a lot of times people want to inspire other people so that they can be in a position of coaching and mentoring and rather than just um, being the boss so how do you go about that desire is a key point how do i a lot of people ask me how do i build my executive presence that's a really big key how do you build the presence because presence is something that we feel it's not something that tangible that you go and buy off the shelf, right? It just, I haven't seen that story yet. Um, so you need to build that. 
And in order to build that, you need to understand what it is. You need to understand where you are and what that means. Sometimes we go and uh, listen to a speaker and we are like, oh my God, that person was so good. I did not even um, lose like the thread of thought for a second. Sometimes the person really catches us. We're like, oh my God. And that is presence. Yeah. That is something that some of us experience, even with um, big meditation gurus, sometimes gurus, teachers, leaders, uh, these words can be used interchangeably. You just want to sit and be with these people. You just want to feel their being, their presence, their words, the way they come across. I want you to pay attention to that feeling inside you and pay attention to who brings up that feeling in you. Mm. And then you kind of will start thinking, if I want to have that kind of quality for folks, what do I need to change in my being? Not in my doing. You do a lot of things every day, I'm sure. And you do a lot of right things as a leader. That's why you are where you are. Um, but that is the quality of somebody's beings. You, I'm sure you've experienced, even Christopher, sometimes we meet a person and that person feels very comfortable to talk to. And sometimes we feel a person and they, we feel like, oh my God, I'm, let's just be polite. Let's just be professional. <laughs> so for a lot of people, is how do I cross that, just being that professional to be somebody that people feel good they want to trust they want to be around they want to see more of me and that is a change in the being and that change in the being and that journey does not happen overnight <laughs> you need to slow down think about what is it that needs to change and very intentionally start building towards it yeah yeah, I love that. And then kind of we talk about, um, and I love how you slow down and kind of made the audience feel that, you know, just slowing down and how does it feel and who makes you feel that way. And um, you talk about um, heart-centered leadership and human-centered leadership. Kind of what is that and why does it matter? Yeah. So let's look at this together. Any corporate or any small business even, what does it do? It produces a product or a service. And as of now, that would not be possible without the talent. Yeah. So you rely on the talent to make things happen in this world. So why don't we think about taking care of this talent? Being able to connect with the fact that these are humans. These are the people that if they need... Uh, to go to a Christmas recital and be with their child, it is their human right to do that. Let's make it happen for them rather than sticking to the fact that, oh, my productivity, what happens to my productivity, or those kind of things. Let's see how we can build that kind of a culture. At one point in my life, I was working for a, for a boss. My office was in a building that that building, in order to get to the, uh, to where you could park, you had to go through a maze, which was very scary, very scary. Uh -huh. you had to go, like four or five uh, levels under the ground. It was a big um, tower. So you had to go through throughout this maze to get to the top, top down. And, and I had a, a four months old baby at that time that had to go to the daycare and I had to make sure everything is ready for him in the morning. And this man came to me and said, what time will you be in your chair? 
in the morning. And I do not function like that. I had never had that experience before. And I was like, okay, probably 9.15 to 9.30. And he was like, okay, I'm going to come and check on you on 9.15. And this gave me such an stress, this situation, I cannot tell you. I did not live far from that corporate, that organization. But that behavior put such a stress on my brain. I remember one time I forgot my um, my laptop at home and I was in such a frenzy that I called my husband and I said, can you just bring my laptop? I cannot imagine driving like this to home to get my laptop. And my poor husband brought my, uh, my laptop to me and he had an accident on the way back. You see how many things make you feel not good about an environment and a leader? Needless to say, within uh, when within two months, I left that organization. I resigned in a very glorious way in my own mind. But this is these are the things I'm talking about. Being a human, understanding that this woman is having a four months baby and it needs to come to work in the morning. Can I have some grace for this person? And instead of checking, are you is your presence in that chair at 9.15, does it, if I'm at 9.15 in there and my mind is the way that I'm describing to you versus me getting to that work 9.30, 9.35, whatever, with a mind that is clear, are very different things. This is the human-centered leadership that I am talking about and I am trying to help leaders to see it and build more capacity in themselves to bring it to their cultures and to their organizations. Oh, what is, that's, that's so interesting. And then kind of, uh, you know, we have kind of like, you know, five to seven minutes, but talk about basically, we talked about executive presence. And then what is a, what is a, you know, VUCA world and strategies for navigating leadership? Kind of talk about that. So let me first unpack what VUCA stands for. VUCA stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And think about all of these things. Our world has become very <laughs> ambiguous. Our world has become very complex. And with this AI, um, interesting AI innovations that is happening, it's exciting. But at the same time, it's an added layer of complexity. How do we catch up? How do we accommodate that to ourselves? How to deal with the emotions around that? And there's a lot of uncertainty as a result. And if there is one thing we have learned in the world is that the only constant is change. So it's very volatile. So you see, if you look at the world in this manner, it can be very scary and it can be very daunting. So how do I navigate this? Um, and the first thing that we need to understand to do is accept things for what it is. So if we, wanna, if we uh, resist that concept, I'm going to say, oh, no, you know, I, I just don't want to deal with this. This is too much for me. We are not doing ourselves a service because that mm. is not going to change. But we can build that capacity in ourselves to be more comfortable around ambiguity. How many people come to me and say, I just want to be certain that this works? I'm like, how do you want to get that certainty? I mean, seriously, what is certainty? I'm living in California, and it, there was a hurricane that it was un, unheard of in, in Los Angeles. And that in the middle of that hurricane, we had an earthquake that day. I mean, how crazier that can get. 
So letting go of the notion of I want certainty, that's a really huge step. Can I become more comfortable with ambiguity? And as I'm saying this, I just want people to start having light bulbs because just me saying this, you're not going to go and change tomorrow morning. <laughs> if you want to change, you need to go on your own journey. But I want you to understand that if you feel overwhelmed by the word, by the news, by what you hear and all of those kind of things, fighting it or going and, uh, and hiding in the cave is not going to help you. <laughs> it's not going to change anytime soon. But building little by little that capacity, can I be with the ambiguity? Yeah. And not get overwhelmed. Can I build that little by little in me? This will prepare you to be in a different way with this VUCA world that we are talking about. Yeah, very interesting because it reminds me, you know, back in the caveman days where we had the hunt for our food and, you know, shelter and life was very, mm -hmm. we were also in the VUCA world as well. Um, and now what we have is we have, we had machines replace physical labor so we didn't have to hunt. And mm -hmm. now we have software replacing intellectual labor. So now mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, where do we go now? But, um, you know, these ideas about slowing down, calming it, you know, kind of putting date, space and distance between, you know, the stimulus and response and just slowing down uh, makes you an effective leader. Um, very fascinating. How can people contact you, you know, follow your social media, reach out to you, etc.? Um, the best social media platform that I'm very active on is LinkedIn. Yeah. So I have Instagram and I have Facebook and all of those kind of things, but I really would love people to reach out to me on LinkedIn. If you have any questions on what we discussed today, please reach out. I would love to hear from you and uh, you can check my website, but stay in touch with your LinkedIn. Yeah. And uh, for all the audience out there, let's thank Kathy for coming on and uh, providing very valuable insight and guidance and uh, reach out to her on LinkedIn. Her resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for a heart centered conversation. Thank you for having me, Krista.